My name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and our scouting services. For more information, you can visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Jesse Morin, player agent and advisor with Project Sports Agency. Jesse is a knowledgeable hockey mind with experience as a player and scout, which creates a well-rounded arsenal to assist players in their player development needs. He provides a lot of insight into the industry itself in this episode, which will help listeners understand the daily tasks that Jesse and others in that field endure on a daily basis. With that, here's Jesse Morton, player agent and advisor with Project Sports Agency. Just like in hockey, in basketball it's playoff time. And every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes, and DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Jesse Morn, player agent and advisor with Project Sports Agency. Jesse, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's great to have you on. And I always say um, whenever we have an agent or an advisor on, it offers a, a very different perspective. It's uh, an area that I know I'm not too familiar with and, and others are uh, kind of outside looking in a lot of times into that um, field just because it is so specialized. But, you know, you kind of have a scouting background and some playing background as well to bring into that field. And uh, we'll provide a lot of uh, in-depth insight and things like that today. So, before we get into that, let's just start off, learn a little bit more about you, maybe talk about your upbringing, playing sports in your early years, and uh, just give a, people a general sense of who you are. Yeah, sure, sure. And also to uh, to start, you know, things, uh, I started hockey, you know, probably around three or four, I believe, you know, I was uh, was really obsessed with it. You know, I did some other sports here when I was younger. I think I played baseball, you know, for, for one or two summer, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of figure out that hockey was really my thing. So I mainly focused on that. Uh, people don't really know that, I think, but, you know, I was born, you know, in Edmundston, New Brunswick, but then I spent close to 10 years in Montreal where I kind of restarted playing hockey. Um, here it was a lot different because obviously it was a lot about skill, uh, you know, abilities and stuff. And people that knows me know that, you know, I was well known for, my compete, my work ethic, but you know, I wasn't the most talented kid. So in Montreal, I always still played double uh, A hockey. That's before triple A exists. So I was playing double A. Uh, usually I was 
you know, chosen because they knew I was going to work hard and, and do the details, but not much more than that. Uh, still, for me, I had uh, had my dream in mind. You know, for me, it was to play in the NHL. So I didn't care what you know people were thinking of my skill or anything like that. Just tried to to get better here. Um, so I played the ball hey, hockey until I guess I was 12 years old, and I moved back to Revere du Loup in the east of Quebec. Uh, that's really where you know things started moving forward for me. Uh, I played Bantam the Bully there also before Triple A existed uh, in that region, and then played Midget Espoir my first year. So again, wasn't that super well known player. So I was cut Midget Triple A. I uh, didn't make it. Went to Montjuli playing there. Uh, I really liked it. We won the cup, so we're pretty pumped about it. Uh, then 16 play major Triple A on my 15 years old. Actually, that's my draft year. I wasn't even listed, uh, so that was a shock. But again, it was part of the process for me. Didn't get too anxious about it. Uh, get to play major Triple A the year after. Had an average year, you know, like I said, I was blocking shot, playing hard, chirping people. But that was my game. You know, I wasn't uh, there to really fill the uh, fill the puck to put the puck in the net. So I think yeah, I end up with eight points and 42 something games. So nothing to brag about. Uh, the list came out again for the draft. I think it was a consideration pick. So it means that, you know, you won't get picked almost. Or, you know, if a team truly likes you, they might take you. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough one. So I went to the draft in Quebec. Uh, you know, it was close to home. I was still excited about it, even though, you know, I was kind of thinking I might not be, in, I, I might not be draft. Uh, didn't get draft. So I'm 16. Didn't get draft. Uh, I'm leaving the rink, receiving a call. It's Valdor that he calling back, saying, "Look, come back to the rink. Would like to sign you to come at camp." So basically, on an invite. Uh, and I remember, you know, just like if it was yesterday, I watched. It was um, Marc Andre Dumont and Jacques Carrier, Jacques now with uh, CB. Looked at them and I said, you know, if I sign that piece of paper, I'll, I'll make the team. So it's it really all things kind of started off for me, and I trained super hard that summer. I uh, was tunnel vision on where I wanted to go and end up, you know, actually making the team in Valdor that, uh, that, that second fall. So, but, you know, in regards of my, uh, my playing career or you know, basically what I did when I was younger, I mainly focused on hockey. Looking back, I think, you know, I should have maybe played some other sports uh, because it would have helped me probably, you know, be a better all-around athlete. Uh, but I was, you know, I was obsessed and I still am, you know, obsessed with hockey. So didn't this, I, I don't necessarily regret it, but um, that's, that's a little bit of my background, you know, as a, as a younger athlete yeah no i think that's some great insight and uh definitely you know going through junior it's not always a, a straightforward path and i'm sure you're seeing that now in your agent and advisor position you're seeing kids kind of go through all different uh paths to junior or wherever they want to go but um before we kind of move into again the agency in the in that area uh you also spent some time as a scout in the qmjhl uh following your playing days this time with the charlottetown islanders um, break down the process of joining that team and then give us some insight on uh, working in that role for the Islanders. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's been uh, it's been an amazing opportunity for me to have. Uh, I only have good things to say about the whole organization. You know, Jim Olton there, the GM. Actually, I wish him all the best for tonight's game. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a brilliant hockey mind. I got a chance to to learn a lot from him. Same thing for Trevor Bird, head uh, head scout there for in the Atlantic. Uh, you know, Blair Kiever, you know, in Nova Scotia. Tons of people there that I, I truly respect and they've been only good for me. Um, all things happen. It's, you know, just like everybody else. I was done with hockey pretty much. You know, I played in Valdor for 
for almost two years, decided to pack things up, you know, pack, pack my things at some point because I wasn't happy with the role I had anymore. And that's a decision I truly regret because that, um, that spring I kind of saw my teams win the cup while I was watching the games on, you know, uh, on my, uh, on my friend's couch. So it was, uh, it was a tough one. They didn't necessarily gave up, you know, in the past. And that was my first time really kind of saying, look, I'm done. And, uh, I paid the, I paid the tab for it. Uh, then, you know, decided to go to school, went to Concord University. That's where, you know, I went to some, uh, some conference, GMSM, they call there. So it's, it's sport related conference, tons of people got a chance to network. And you know, that's really where I decided, you know, I want to, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to do hockey because when I first stopped playing, you know, I tried to keep myself, you know, distant from it just because, you know, it's tough. You know, when you stop, it's tough and, and you prefer to, I guess, try something different. But, you know, for some reason, I was always uh, kind of leaning to, to get back to it. And I was going to start, I think, my first year at Concord University. Uh, and, and, you know, someone in Revere de uh, that knows me pretty well, he was coaching Madrid Tripoli back then, knew how I wanted to get involved in hockey, uh, and he knew tons of people. So for me, it was Patrick Lachance, that was the head scout for Charlottetown back then, uh, that stopped in Revere de I remember, you know, I was working uh, in a hotel, uh, in a hotel then, so when he was calling, telling me that he was, uh, he was approaching or he was going to come and meet me, I was, uh, I was hiding myself. Uh, you know, in the hotel to talk over the phone to try to make things happen. So he stopped there in Virdu, had a really good conversation, and that's really where he kind of gave me my break. And you know, I told him I was I was I was about to do that to try and, and, and you know climb up the ladder. And my goal, just like in everything I do, you know, back then was potentially one day to be GM. So you know, I was uh, having my eyes on the prize. So Patrick Lachance gave me my shot, which you know I can't uh, I can't be thankful enough. Uh, and then I spent two years there. I saw a lot, a lot, a lot of games uh, because, you know, I wanted to be the hardest working, you know, uh, in the room kind of thing. Uh, and I knew being younger with, you know, guys that are sometimes 30, 40, 50, 60, uh, you know, you have to bring something different to the table. So spend a lot of time at the ring watching players. Uh, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough that with Charlottetown, even though I was younger, uh, they let me speak up a lot. I uh, had really good kind of conversation and relationship with the people there. Uh, and like I said, you know, every time there was some sort of showcase and that gym could be around, uh, I was staying up you know, late at night just to hear him you know, talk about hockey, telling stories, uh, how, you know, the behind the scene was a little bit, you know, as a GM, you know, I was watching every single of his moves. So Charlottetown's been obviously really good to me. And like I said, spent two years there. Uh, at some point, you know, I saw that, I was seeing so many games and I loved or I liked so many players where if you don't draft them as a scout, you can't do much more than wishing them the best. Uh, and I felt like some players, I could see that they had some pro upside, but they just didn't know what to work on or stuff like that. So I felt like I had something more you know, that I could do or to help players. So after two years, I decided to, um, you know, to tell Charlottetown that I was going to, move a different, uh, in a different direction there. And I knew what I was going to do. It was already planned with, uh, with PSA there. So I did the switch and again, super happy that also, you know, what, what, what we're building here with PSA. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, going into an organization, you never really know what to expect the first time, but when you have people that are willing to teach you and guide you, it's always great. And, uh, definitely young scouts uh, you know I, I've been in that situation others have as well that you just try to get to each and every game that you can and 
yeah, you know, it, it kind of piles up very quickly in those initial years. But um, great to hear you had the drive. And then also the realization that maybe you wanted to move into a different direction and you're able to see about player development and, and looking at these players and their pro potential and kind of going in that direction, maybe break down your experience with PSA to date, provide some more information on that, and then just your day-to-day tasks uh, in your role. Yeah, no, again, with PSA, the thing is uh, actually the founder of the company, Charles Bledian, which, you know, I only have a good thing to say, obviously. Um, he started the company. We basically first thought, you know, about starting that, you know, together, uh, you know, back a few years ago. And then I had the chance to go scout. That's where, you know, I was at my first year in GMSB in Concordia. Uh, and, and I basically dropped the ball on him. You know, I choked. You know, I said, you know, I'm going to move a different direction. I'm going to go with something more secure. And, you know, I thought that, that was going to make me more happy, I guess. Uh, and I have all the respect in the world for Charles because, you know, he decided that he was going to do it without me or with me. You know, he didn't care. So he laid down the foundation of the business uh, really, really well. Uh, he started, obviously, you know, alone. So it's 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 a tough industry. One of the reasons why I kind of dropped the ball on him, so it's, Every people I was looking up to, uh, you know, in hockey were telling me that the agency world, it's, it's insane, full of sharks, and it's not possible to actually create something nowadays. So I got discouraged in a sense. Uh, so that's, you know, that's not the only reason why I didn't do this. Uh, I had the chance to go scout, which, you know, was really appealing to me as well. But, you no, know, I dropped the ball and, and Charles actually didn't care. Create the, you know, he created the company, created the foundation, and uh, then at some point when you know, he was always joking because we were good friends. So we were seeing each other at the rink, him with his PSA coat, myself with the Charlottetown, you know, uh, the Charlottetown um, uh, jacket. And he was always kind of telling me, you know, at some point, if you want to do something different, if, if you want to kind of come back in a sense, uh, doors will always be open for you. Uh, and then after two seasons, that's really where, you know, scouting, I said to myself, I, I want to do more. Uh, I saw Charles having, you know, is part of and his share of success and being an agent you know it's not something i would do with a lot of people it's uh you know it's a tough one and you need to really have kind of a perfect match uh and it is with charles so decided to do the switch with him there um and you know it's been probably my best decision in in, in my life almost just because we complete each other really well uh now since we're together it's it's almost now more than two years uh we've been uh, we've been scaling the business like up a lot. Uh, last year we had an our first uh, our first rounder in the QMGHL draft in St. John there. Uh, this year we should also have another one. We have a couple of guys now, you know, signing pro contract with the American Hockey League, East Coast Hockey League. Uh, you know, we're huge also on, on you know the NCAA path, which Charles, you know, has a lot of knowledge about. Um, so he kind of mentored me at first, you know, to how that side was kind of working. So now we work with, you know, players that are receiving NCAA full scholarship. Uh, so again, the move was, uh, probably one of the best decisions I ever made. And, and the two of us working together, I mean, it's, uh, it's a perfect match. So just uh, excited to see uh, how things are, are going to evolve for us, but we have you know, our own kind of goals and, and we know where where we are going so we're excited for the future and in terms of the day-to-day obviously you know COVID's been uh, it's been a huge mess for for everybody for athletes for workers for agents I mean for for anybody involved in in anything basically so usually a day-to-day kind of thing for us it's if there's no showcase no events because the big thing is about PSA we're there we show up 
we go to the rink, we go see our clients, we go see coaches. Uh, we don't stay at home and, and, you know, we're still young. So obviously we don't have kids. Uh, yes, we have, you know, girlfriends and stuff and I have a dog and, you know, we need to kind of still be sometimes at home. Uh, but we have the luxury to be able to travel a lot and do our things. So in a non-COVID, in a non-COVID world, if we're not on the road, uh, we're basically home. Home for us, it's the whole Quebec, you know, the whole province. So we travel, we we'll go see games. Uh, you know, I'm going to wake up in the morning. Usually I'm going to go to gym because in the morning it's a bit more quiet. Uh, we have guys in the BC League. So with the three-hour kind of thing there, uh, it gives us time to do something uh, for, for ourselves. So then in the day, it's, it's mostly doing phone calls, making sure that our guys are fine, that coaches knows about our guys or, you know, make sure that we know what is going on. Um, it's funny because I think, uh, you know, one of the sponsors of, you know, your podcast is in, it's uh, Instat. Uh, but this year has been... Uh, a huge eye-opening for us with Instat because last year we were not working with that just because, you know, we didn't have to. Uh, we were at the rink, but we had to do things different uh, differently this year. And, you know, part of my day now, you know, pretty much two, three, four, five hours a day, it's, it's you know, breaking games on Instat. So doing that, and it's going to be the same, you know, when uh, when there won't be any, any COVID anymore. And usually pretty much, I don't want to say every night, but at least four or five nights a week, you know, there's games to go see. So we'll be at the rink and, and you know, the day-to-day -day things is a bit different when we're on the road because now it's, it really is a 24-7 thing. You know, it's, we go breakfast in the morning, then basically we go at the rink at, what, 8, 9, you know, if things are staying at it's sometimes 7 in the morning, you know, depending on when the game starts. Uh, we spend a whole day there talking to coaches, seeing our guys, you know, making sure that there is no prospect that we don't sleep on. Uh, and then usually we go, we get back at the hotel at, you know, seven, eight, nine, we need to eat because we're hungry. Um, and then it's bedtime because, you know, even though we're on the road and it seems fun and you guys are in BC, oh yeah, it's nice. Oh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, that's cool. Well, it is cool because we like what we do, but at the end of the day, we're in the ring. You know, if that ring will be in China, I would be in the ring in China, but I would not, you know, discover China. So it's, uh, but you know, for us, the day-to-day -day thing, it's, it's, you know, basically uh, waking up, little workout here, doing some phone calls, uh, watching the games we didn't get a chance to see the other night because you know of the time difference and stuff and and then at night it's to you know go in different rinks and and see your players yeah i think it's safe to say that uh the work of an agent is uh 20 pretty much 24 7 even though you get a few hours here and there to yourself it's uh it's definitely not a nine to five job and that kind of goes with the, the normal um the range of uh hockey operations but moving into an, a, another avenue here you, you work as an agent, but you're also working as an advisor. And a lot of people kind of have some trouble maybe differentiating the two and don't really understand uh, maybe the, the daily tasks associated with both. So without going too deep, maybe just talk about both of those areas and the, the kind of fine line between the two. Yeah, and it's a good question because it's, it's, it's not something everybody knows or it's, it's actually something that a lot of people are hearing about, but they don't know what it is. So the main difference, you know, an agent it's for professional player. A QMGHL player is considered a pro player. Uh, and, and, you know, if your goal is to play QMGHL without looking at any other, you know, sort of, of you know, goals or path, if you truly want to play Q, QMGHL, then we'll be your agent. An agent, there's no fee. Uh, it's basically, you know, us putting all our resources, all our time, trying to help you and guide you, make things happening for you. Uh, 
So again, it's it's a lot of time, and and you know we need to 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 make sure that we do a good scouting to work with these guys because again we can't work with 200 players that wants to play in the queue. Just doesn't make any sense because at the end of the day, either we won't receive a good services or we won't be able to be all over the place. So an agent will take care of basically almost everything uh, in sense that we'll know what is going on. We'll chat with their guys. We'll be super close to them. We'll go at the ring, but there's just no fee involved. It's it's hopefully one day if they end up signing a pro contract, uh, we'll get some sort of commission there on, on, on the contract. Uh, an advisor, it's for players that wants to go play in the US. It's for players that wants to, student athletes, I should say, that wants to go and see the ballet. So either way, D3, D1, you're not allowed to have an agent because an agent is going to either way provide you with some stuff, will give you some gift in a sense because it's going to pay for some stuff and you will also receive the services for free. So the main thing with an advisor, it's you have to pay to work with one. Uh, and it's part of the NCAA bylaw. You know, you need to you know pay somewhat of a fee uh, to work with an advisor. If not, and let's say, you know, they, they kind of do a background check there and, and you know, you receive basically the service of an agent you could lose you know that scholarship or you could add penalties and stuff so the main difference it's you have to pay for services the main difference too is even though if let's say both job ask for us to promote the guy uh it's it's oftentimes more time consuming with the u.s path because let's say you play bantam triple in Halifax, you want to seek out your options you're a good student and you know you think that mm, i have some interest in that then you need to find the right prep and the right prep, it's important because when I say the right one, you'll receive tons of options. You'll receive tons of offer, but it's important you choose the right one. So we'll help families making sure that, you know, they find the school that makes sense for them financially also because, you know, it's a huge thing. For me, it's, it's you know, it doesn't make any sense for a family to pay fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for, for their kid to go, you know, in a school like that. So we need to find a place where they'll be willing and, and comfortable enough to flex that amount so it makes sense. Uh, for, for the family to go into that direction. Uh, and then after prep, it's finding the right, again, the right one, uh, junior option. So usually, you know, if the player is good, he's going to have scouts, people reaching out and you know, telling him how good he is and, and how bad they want him at camp and, and all of that. But you know, for us, we're building, we're building relationship with, uh, with coaches. And, and, you know, we know kind of, you know, it might be taboo to say that, but we know who's bullshitting sometimes and, and what's the current situation. Is there 40 guys coming to camp or is there 22? Uh, is his roster already filled or is there any like real uh, room uh, room for, for the kid to make the team? So after prep, it's basically finding, you know, the right fit again. Uh, when I say right fit, it's, yes, opportunity to play, but also if if you're a guy that, you know, likes to be coached a certain way, we try you know, as much as possible to find your coach that will kind of match that so you can have success there. Uh, and then you play junior. Junior could be, you know, BCHL, AJHL, NHL, USHL, name it. There's tons of league possible. Um, and then through that process, prep and junior, we have to be in touch with NCAA coaches now to get their feedback and try to see what they should be working on and where they're at. So it really is, you know, kind of a day-to-day -day thing. It's it's a process, and we like to say to our guy, you know, trust the process because it takes time. Uh, it's not easy. But as an advisor, we do a lot of you know, preparation and, and you know, kind of thinking one, two, three, four year ahead uh, of where you'll be going. Uh, whereas an agent, it's I don't want to say it's a one by year, one by year, um, you know, one year thing. Uh, it's, it's still, you know, we see and, and we need to project the player and ourselves in the future. Uh, but I mean, we have, we don't have the same control. You know, if my player is drafting you know, Alifax and 
things are going well in Halifax, but you know, at some point things are going a certain way and there's need to be a change. I don't have the Xbox, you know, remote in my hand. I'm not doing the trade myself. You know, there's needs to have a guy that wants the kid and the team that has the, the kid needs to you know want to also trade him. So, you know, we don't have the same uh, the same flexibility there when you know things are when things, you know, are happening in the queue. So that's where, you know, on that path, it's it's mostly being close to a guy, making sure in the off, you know, in the off season they have everything, you know, they, they, they could have or they work with, you know, the best people around uh, in the game, in the goal of playing pro hockey. And, and both paths at the end of the day, they, they, they cross each other because every single player that, you know, we usually work with wants to play in the NHL if possible. So it's either way, one path or the other, but the goal is the same. So at the end of the day, the main foundation of, of the work is it's pretty similar. It's just there's difference like i said because one path is not more complicated but there's more there's more war, there's more roads you can take uh to get there where you know qmghl it's 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 a little bit less complicated but also pretty challenging so definitely definitely i think that's a, a great breakdown of both of those and uh obviously an advisor like you said being a paid service as opposed to an agent who is kind of uh, waiting for a pro contract but a lot of different things the prep schools then universities and colleges and different leagues and it's just amazing when you think about all the different paths that can be taken and and the different process for each uh, player at the end of the day and just talking about that process uh, a lot of times you know maybe with an advisor time of prep schools you're working with younger players and then you also have clients like you said who are on that stage where they're maybe signing a pro contract in the ECHL AHL or or hopefully the NHL um, just talk about the the task of working with the younger clients while also working with older clients and maybe just the, the different tasks associated with with each stage uh, for you personally. Yeah, no, I'd say that uh, the job is still pretty similar. I think, I don't want to say we prefer younger one. What I want to say is with younger one, we had spent more time with them. So we just know them much more. Uh, I know we've been part of their journey we've been part of the process we live the up and downs with them so it's a bit different where let's say the guy is a bit older uh he heard about us or we either we heard about him and we liked what we saw and you know we kind of do a deal when these guys are a bit older it's more you know the relationship will be the same where we're going to give or 100 percent, and we're going to try to be as close to you as possible uh but you know it's not the same if you spend six seven eight years with the kid you know and and kind of aging with him when it's you know a one-year thing or two-year things where you know you just got to know the guy and he's a bit older he has you know girlfriend stuff he has his own thing to do and obviously he likes you but he just wants to make sure that you know you take care of everything for him but doesn't necessarily wants to you know facetime you at, at 10 you know on a friday night so it's a bit different on on, on that side uh that being said you know i'm working with kelly Bent uh from uh, from alifax is now with the Allen american and you know it's been so much fun working with him because even though you know it's uh it's been quite i think it's it's been a year now that i'm working with him and I, you know, he's, he's a bit older and stuff we're pretty much the same age i believe i think we played against each other in the past uh but guys like that for me it's 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 a real pleasure because even though they're a bit older their passion for the game is the same and their goal reminds to play at the highest level possible and a guy like kelly is going to do everything in his power to get better so for me that's that's candy to to my ears. I want to I want to work with guys like that. Uh, but again, with younger players, we just have sometimes a different relationship where you know, we've been there since day one. So it's it's 
you know, we lived really the ups and downs because believe me, there's tons of ups and downs, you know, in uh, in a hockey career, even though you're 15, 16, 17, you know, there will always be, uh, even though if you're the next first overall pick, you will face challenges. So it's it's fun for us to, to live that with them. Uh, in terms of their goals, they all have the same goal. You know, that's that's why it's so fun. You know, they all want to play at the highest level possible. Uh, and, and, you know, 99% of the case, they are aiming for NHL. So even though they're younger, older, or, you know, for us, as long as they truly have that fire in their eyes uh, and their that passion for the game, that they're willing to do everything in their power to take care of the details, uh, making sure they're 100% in, in what they're trying to do, uh, for us, it's, you know, it's a real pleasure. When sometimes people are losing that edge or losing that passion for the game, uh, that's where we want to have those conversations with them because, you know, we're not the one making things happen. We help, we guide, we provide options, we have connection. But it's not because you work with PSA or some other company that you'll necessarily all the way, you know, go to the NHL. You'll have to do all the sacrifice when no one will be watching. You know, you'll need to wake up early, eat well, train, be consistent in your daily habits. You'll have to work extremely hard you have to be obsessed with you know trying to master your craft so for us it's we're basically a guidance we're basically a big brother for you where we'll do everything to make that path the most i don't want to say convenient but you know we'll try to bring you the most and the more tools so you can actually make it uh while also having someone to you know rely on if you want to chat about girlfriend school parents uh some spicy stuff that happened last night at the bar you know want to want to be there for for all of that uh but the goal is you know oftentimes pretty much uh, similar and i'd say the main difference between older younger guys it's not so much a relationship but you know they don't have the same problem neither you know if you're 24 you're you're far away you know there might be something else that is happening than if you're 15 years old and you, you know, you're living in at your home so but again it's uh both both is fun both is fun for us it's just a bit different yeah yeah like you said there's there is a lot of different things obviously different stages of their life and um working with younger players up through as opposed to signing someone who's maybe older you you have that established relationship and um you know just going through that experience it definitely uh, gives you a different perspective and uh just a little bit of a different relationship but you know working with clients you've talked about some of the clients that you've had in nova scotia and um, you know, before we even talked about some in, in different provinces in the Maritimes, but uh, you have a lot of clients in, in Quebec. And like you said, that's kind of your your home base. So uh, just talk about the level of hockey in that region, maybe from a scouting perspective, and then obviously working as an agent and advisor and um, how it's continued to develop here over the past couple of years. Yeah, in Quebec, uh, honestly, we're really fortunate in a sense that the quality of play is is really, really strong. I mean, every season, you know, when there is a combine, I think... Uh, you know, players from Newfoundland, Maritime, or, you know, they kind of get a sense for it. However, don't get me wrong, there is crazy talents also in the Maritime. Uh, high-end players are oftentimes really similar to high-end talents in Quebec. Main difference sometimes it's in Quebec, you'll have a little bit more depth. Reason why? They skate five, six times a week, you know, and it's September, August to June. And some of them, you know, it's it's a 12-month 12, uh, 12 things. So that's really where there is some slight difference. Uh, however, in the maritime, what I find is there is a lot of late bloomer. There's a lot of, you know, diamond on the rock. If you think about Drake Batterson, I mean, what a crazy story. I think he was five foot six when he was playing mid-jet. 
Uh, people were, were not even talking about him. And then, boom, we explode. Uh, Jordan Spence, not so much, you know, a diamond on the rough because obviously he's crazy good. Uh, but I think, you know, at 16, he played junior A. It wasn't even draft. So there's a lot of story like that, you know, in the maritime where players are sometimes getting a little bit under the radar because, you know, they didn't skate or train or do things as much as some of the kids in Quebec, and it, which is totally fine. Uh, and then, you know, they still end up playing at the same level or sometimes, you know, they're going to you know, pass the kids from Quebec that at the same age, you know, was you know, so much better than them. So in terms of the caliber here in Quebec, it's, uh, it, it really is good. You know, we've been, uh, we've been traveling a lot in the past, uh, in the past few years and the U18 or the major AAA, uh, in Quebec is, is, is quite impressive. Uh, again, don't get me wrong, it's also pretty good. And, and you know, there's really strong teams in, in the maritime as well. It's just, you know, more of a depth thing uh, that, you know, could be a little bit, uh, that could have been, you know, a little bit different. But you know, still, we're highly, you know, looking at the maritime. Still, I'm working with, like I told you, you know, two really good prospects from Newfoundland. Uh, I'm working with, uh, you know, a draft eligible from Halifax. I'm working with, uh, a really good 17 years old that is going to go BCHL next year from Cape Breton. Uh, and I'm also working with, and again, a really strong 17 years old uh, going to Cape Breton next year. So you know, we're still highly focusing on that region because I think there's really good talent just in terms of the level of plates. It's a bit different. And I think the biggest reason why it's many players maybe from the Maritime won't be as Polish at the same age, but they'll get know the same result down the, down the road you know if they do the right things where sometimes in quebec they're a little bit more polished and they won't keep working hard so they won't get any further so it's just uh it's it's so to me i think that's uh that's one of the main difference between uh you know quebec or, or maritime and same thing in ontario you know we scout and, and we have players from ontario and you know sometimes it's it's a bit different you know if you look at the toronto area you know it's it's where the ohl is drafting people it's it's crazy good as well, you know. And I had I can't you know put my my head uh, in the sand. There is some at some points, you know. Sometimes the Ontario kind of pool of players will you know be a little bit better also than than the Quebec pool of players. So it just but at the end of the day, if you look and compare when they're older, it doesn't matter. It's it's what you did, you know, as a kid, what you did as a teenager, what you did, you know, in the process of trying and getting better. And if you truly want it, you can come from Mexico. I don't know, you know, you can. You can make it happen. You just you need to believe in yourself and, and to work extremely hard. And it doesn't really matter if you're not that well known at 14, 15, 16. It's it's what you do, you know, in the process of trying to get there. And there's tons of you know great story where players were not you know really on the radar at some point and now they play in the NHL. So it's all about you know really trusting yourself and, and going all in. Definitely a really great point there. And uh, moving into some other questions here before we get into some reflective questions. Uh, for you personally, obviously entering the agency and advisory industry, like you said, at first you were kind of uh, maybe held back a little bit, went in that scouting direction where you had more options and uh, eventually you came back to uh, PSA. But what were some of the most maybe daunting tasks at first and how did you look to prepare uh, prior to starting in the field? Honestly, it's a uh, it's a tough one because I don't see too many dot in task. Uh, for me, I guess to prepare, honestly, I was obsessed with it. So I open YouTube and I watched every single podcast, every single video about 
the agency well soccer football nba i don't care you know i watched every single of them uh to see you know what people were doing where the game was going what i thought you know i could bring also to the table so i think that's maybe something i did uh however you know i want to uh, stay humble but i think i maybe had it in me you know in, in a way uh because i didn't prepared too much i guess just being a scout and, and being a former player and being around you know i kind of got a real feel for for what you know this was all about so when i did uh when i did the switch i wasn't too surprised with anything to be honest with you and again charles you know the founder of the company we were a close friend so even though i was scouting and he was you know an agent we we're exchanging a lot i was you know curious to see how were things for him and you know he was pretty open book with me so kind of get a real good feel for for what for what it was i'd say you know the main difference or, or the thing that kind of like i said the main thing it's you know actually doing meeting you know, meeting clients when you're a scout you do interview but you know it's not the same when you're an agent and you want to work with the player uh you know you have meetings you'll meet the family you'll meet you know a surrounding you'll see you know tons of tons of things that you don't necessarily as a, see as a scout um but there wasn't really anything that was either way gonna stress me or that I wasn't too sure about and, and to prepare you know I just I just knew I would like it so I kind of just jumped you know and then you know I did some some research here and there but honestly it's, it's such a such a competitive world and and you know agents obviously are not huge fan of sharing their techniques or, or their you know, how to do things because I guess you know they're scared that they'll lose clients and stuff for us you know it's it's kind of it's kind of bizarre, but, uh, you know, I tried, actually, I tried, you know, back then to reach out to a few agents, you know, just asking, you know, if I could hang around, if I could, you know, see how they were doing certain things. And honestly, they didn't, uh, they didn't get back to me. So, you know, I kind of figured out myself that, you know, if I truly wanted to make it, it was just to jump. And, and actually what I did with, uh, with Charles, and again, I'm super, um, super happy I did, uh, I did the move because we're, we're building something strong there. Yeah, it it really seems like you went about it the right way. And like you said, there was a kind of a natural transition, just the scouting background, having that process of viewing players, talking with some players, and then definitely your playing background itself, uh, you know, gave you that extra advantage. But, uh, you know, with your experience as a player, um, I, I know a lot of times relatability is really key in advisors and agents. Uh, so do you feel like your playing career and, and your time in the QMJHL has helped your role as an agent and advisor? Or do you think it's something that maybe isn't necessarily um, always have to be a part of the process for maybe people who are looking to get in the field? I think it did help me. However, I see it as a tool. So there's probably you know, agents and advisors that never played the game, but they have tools that I would like to have in my tools box. You know? You know, so for me, it was a good thing. And I think it helps me in certain situations where we're still young, right? So... I know what people are saying in the dressing room. I've been there. I heard that stuff and I know what's the tension. I know what's the camaraderie. I know how kids are talking. I'm still a kid almost, you know, I'm still, I'm still pretty young. So I think it helped me to just create a deeper connection with players uh, because I talk the same language. I know. And when I say, I know, I truly know what they feel. It's not like, you know, I was 65 and saying, I know what you feel. No, I, I think, you know, at some point you might you know, not know what they feel. Uh, you know, being younger, I think you, you truly do. Um, I think playing junior major also made me realize how much it is a business, you know, at some point, you know, there's fans, there's tickets, there's money involved. So you kind of, I kind of 
for myself as a player and, and then as a scout, I kind of got a feel for, for what it could be. So we can prepare players to kind of face certain situations where let's say you play midget, you know, and, and you know, you play pretty pretty often, you're basically all, always on the ice. Uh it's it's real possible that you know when you're gonna first step in junior major, you don't care how much you're you're a good player, you might not play as much or you might face certain situations. So for us, even though I wasn't a super talented player, uh, and sometimes I'm laughing about it. I'm not shy to see it. You know, I, I sat so much on the bench as a player that I was almost a scout back then. You know, I was on the bench looking at Anthony Manta. And when we were in Halifax, I was looking at, you know, Nathan Mekinen and, and Jonathan Drawing, looking you know, at what they, was, you know, what they were doing. So I think it helped me in a way to help my guys right now. However, is it a necessity? Absolutely not. I think you know you could be successful even though you didn't play high in competitive hockey. You could be successful even you know, if you didn't play hockey at all. I think uh, just in the hockey operation, then more and more people that never really truly played the game and that are super successful. Uh, I think you had Trevor Georgie you know, on the podcast not too long ago, and if I'm not wrong, you know he didn't play super competitive hockey, and you know he's among the best in the league at what he does. So. I think if you're truly passionate about what you do, regardless of your degree, regardless of your experience, regardless of all of that, you'll find a way. It's it's always about finding the way to kind of do it and, and, and making it. And you know, if there's tools you're missing, you either always surround yourself with people that have those tools, uh, just like myself and Charles. You know, Charles do stuff that, you know, I truly believe he's, he's one of the best at it. So that's why you know, I'm looking up to him in some sense in, in regards to some stuff. And I know he does the same for some of the stuff I do. So I think it's, you don't have to be a former player. It helped myself personally. Uh, you know, if, if you're someone listening to that and you feel like, you know, you want to be an agent or, or work in sports and, or in hockey and, you know, people are telling you that you never played the game, honestly, take that and, and put it to the garbage because if you want it, you can make it. That's that's as simple as that. There's no magic formula, no guideline, no magic book. It's put in the work and making it happen. Yeah, I think hard work always trumps all. And you talk about another great point there. Just even if you don't have that that tool or that skill set yourself, if you surround yourself with the right people, it's like a hockey team. You know, you have your role players and everybody that fills that uh, specific task. You know, you can be successful. So um, for you personally, now getting into some more reflective stuff. Moving forward, uh, maybe five, ten years down the road, I know in hockey it's always very hard to look that far ahead. But for you, what are your goals as an agent and an advisor? And do you see yourself staying in that area kind of moving forward here long term? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And for us, it's uh, it's pretty clear. And as we speak, you know, I have, a, I have my board, you know, just beside me that, you know, I look every morning and that I write my notes on. Uh, for us at PSA, by 2030, we want to work with 10 NHL clients. That's the goal. That's what we want to do. That's what we are going to do. Uh, it's a process. We need to be patient in that process and we need to do the right thing every, you know, single step of the way. Uh, but that's our goal. And, and we firmly believe that we'll, uh, we'll do that. And, you know, there's a saying that says that, if you shoot for the moon, you might, you know, land among the stars, something like that. So we believe in that, and we believe in hard work. So we'll see what uh, where is going, where that's going to lead us. But for us, uh, twenty thirty, you can mark it on your calendar. Uh, PSA will have ten NHL clients, and well, we're working, uh, we're working towards that goal. And I absolutely see myself, you know, staying in that area of hockey operation. I mean, I was listening to some other agents uh, talking not too long ago. And I think you need, uh, 
you need to be a good businessman in what you do. So obviously at some point we're, and when at some point we'll get at that level, I'll always listen to some possible other option just because, you know, I'm, I'm curious, I guess. Uh, but I'd say that 99.9% of the chance are I'm going to stick with what I do because it's, I'm not working. I just really, really enjoy what I do. Uh, my guys know it. It really is a 24-7 thing. I know that there's people, you know, saying that in meeting. You can call me anytime and you call and they don't take it. Uh, for, for us, you know, it's call me at 6, call me at lunchtime, call me at 8 in the morning. If I don't answer, it's because I'm either on a call or I just can't. You know, I'm sleeping or, you know, it's just impossible. But never I have my phone in my hands seeing the name and saying, you can wait. I don't care. Even if it's a tough discussion, I know things are not going as well as they could or, or stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm taking their call and I want to have those uh, those conversations and, and I like it. You know, for me, it's my passion is hockey. I think my purpose is to help not only athletes, but to help people kind of achieve their dream because I think, you know, we're basically their own hurt for that to me, you know, in my head. And, and you know, that's what I believe. You you need to, to have something in front of you that you want to accomplish. And now with, you know, my passion for hockey and my purpose to try and help people in you know, achieving their dream, I can mix, you know, both of that really well. And it's been, it's been, you know, a real pleasure to, for, you know, since, since I've been doing that so far. And with Charles, like I said, it's a, it's a perfect fit. We have a lot, a lot of fun, you know, we're just, we can't wait to go back on the road and, and do our things again, because now, you know, staying at home and with COVID, it's a bit, um, it's a bit tougher, but even if I had to stay home for the next 40 years, I wouldn't change my place with anyone. So the plan is to to stick with it. And like I said, 2030, PSA will have 10 NHL clients. Yeah, in 2030, we'll definitely have to do a follow-up interview. Uh, who, know, who knows if I'm still doing the podcast, but I, I think it's a, it's a great goal. And, um, you know, it's always good to have that mindset of, of creating goals. And one of the things that's uh, always tough about kind of predicting things down the road is you never really know who you're going to meet. And the people at My Hockey Resource um, feel that it's always good to prepare and, and have those conversations with people because you never know what opportunity will come. So for anybody looking to connect with maybe scouts or agents or coaches, whatever the case may be, be sure to check out My Hockey Resource on Twitter and Instagram to connect with others in the industry. Jesse, one of the things they talk about on that program is uh, is resources that you can learn from, whether it's books, articles. I know you said about YouTube videos that you kind of uh, dove into early on and, and, you know, just different things along those lines. So for you personally, what are some of your favorites that you might recommend to people looking to maybe learn more about agents or even just uh, hockey operations in general? Honestly, I was pretty huge on books when I was a bit younger, you know, around 18, 19, 20, you know, I was huge on self-development. So there's tons of book I read, not necessarily about hockey, just about, you know, kind of finance and, and you know, psychology and how to, I guess, be bulletproof, you know, to, in, in terms of, of life and, and everything. Um, in regard to hockey, uh, around Christmas, I got myself uh, the Brian Burke uh, book. I don't know if you got a chance to read it. It's it's honestly amazing uh, because the guy you know obviously was a GM, was an agent, was a player. You know, he did basically everything. So there's a lot of insight where even though if you know he wrote stuff that happened 50 years ago or 40 years ago, the hockey culture it's um, unfortunately uh, at some point, but it's it's still you know pretty stuck in time. So a lot of things that you know happened back then. Uh, are still happening so for me you know i kind of got a feel for some of the stuff he was saying or maybe some of the stuff i should be expecting 
Uh, there's also another book, I think it's called The Money Game, if I believe, and it's really kind of the, the story of agents, so how it was first created back then with the, the first agents ever that you know end up screwing a bunch of players because players were not allowed to talk about their salary and stuff. It was really taboo, so tons of players were getting underpaid and stuff. So that was a, a really good book for me to kind of understand the history uh, behind you know the agency business but other than that like I said it was huge on, on self-development books uh, back then and I'm I'm a huge consumer of, of YouTube you know to see what is going on in, in some other sports uh, some other agencies some you know just in, in, in regard to technology branding you know all of all that stuff I think the game is, is really changing uh, if you look at what is happening with the NFL and the NBA and you know player empowerment and players starting to brand themselves a little bit more. So I'm huge on, on YouTube and, and, you know, pretty much every resources I can access to kind of get my, my, my head around it. Uh, but books, if I had one, and I know I'm not sponsored by Brian Burke, I wish I was, but uh, his book is, uh, it's, it's pretty good. So I would advise you to take a look at it if, uh, if you didn't. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, need to look into it. And who knows, maybe Brian will ex- accept an invite to come on the podcast, but, uh, you know, ha- hasn't happened yet, but um, no, I think those are great resources. And, and like you said, sometimes it's not the hockey um, that we we all crave and that we all want to hear about. Sometimes it's that self-development and personal development. And um, a lot of other guests have kind of uh, mirrored that thought process as well. But a lot of times, in addition to those resources, uh, those physical resources, the best resources can be uh, just connections and people that you meet in the industry. And a lot of times those people end up being mentors. So for you personally, I know you mentioned a few different people today, but once again, just talk about some of the mentors or people who have helped you succeed thus far in your career. I'd say that you know, one of them, it's its not necessarily about hockey, it's just about life. It's been my my uncle. Uh, he's the one that you know kind of trained me when I was younger, really kind of prepared me mentally for, for what to expect from life uh, because he told me you know, it was going to be pretty. It's a, it's a battle out there. And if you truly want to make something happen, you can. You truly can. You just need to be prepared and put in the work and, and you know, be the hardest worker. So I'd say my uncle is, is for sure part of it. Uh, I you know, talked about Patrick Lachance. He's the one that gave me my shot there with Charlottetown. And even if he was, you know, and he's still a scout with the Calgary Flames, um, I was sometimes, you know, driving with him to go see games and he was exchanging with me and kind of helping me, you know, get my around, my head around some, some stuff as well. Uh, and, you know, as cliche as it may sound, my partner, you know, Charles, you know, at PSA, I think uh, he had the guts to start the agency. Uh, and he knows that, you know, I'm, I'm really looking up, looking uh, up to him because uh, because of that. And, and like I said, there is things that he does that I know he does really well. So kind of looking and, and learning from him. And I know it's it's vice versa. He's also learning from me. But that's it. Charles is, is probably me uh, among of these guys. Uh, and Christian Caron, you know, it's it's not a name that uh, I dropped before, but uh, this is the coach uh, from Rivière du Loup that got me with Patrick Lachance in the first place, uh, and that's you know a brilliant also hockey mind. Uh, he helped me kind of get my foot in the door, and even to this day, you know, it's funny because he's uh, he was a really strict coach, was demanding a lot. You know, people were almost fearing him, uh, and for some reason, I always kind of had some sort of connection with him. I guess he really liked how hard I was uh, working back then. Uh, and to this day, you know, we're still pretty close. I mean, if I have some questions for him, he's going to always be available. 
uh, if I go back home and if he's around or if he's at the rink, you no, know, I always like to chat with him and pick his mind because he's, you know, he stays in the games even though he's not necessarily coaching. He's still uh, the director of the structure there with the review de but he's a uh, he's a brilliant hockey mind. So I'd say those four people for me are are pretty important. But at the end of the day, you know, none of these guys will kind of make it for me. So it's 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 good people to be surrounded with. But if you don't put in the work, and I'm repeating myself, but if you don't put in the work, it's you could you know be friend with the best or the at anything they do, and you still have to show up and and do it. So yeah, no, I I, I 100% agree in that, and uh, you know you can only you know people can only do so much for you at the same time while they help you make those steps and put you in the right direction. You you got to ultimately do the the work yourself and. Um, you know, that's a great piece of advice and one that I, I think uh, will really stick with listeners. And it also is a great way to end the conversation today. So, Jesse, again, I just want to really thank you for joining me on the podcast and, and diving into, again, an area that uh, for me is is kind of different and, and I think offers a different perspective into hockey operations. So um, thank you again for joining me and I wish you all the best here moving forward. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. All right. Take care. Support for the Hockey Minds podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada, and for those listeners in Canada, and I know there's a lot of you, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Everybody has had that experience where the trimming has not gone right, and we want to change that. So get with Manscaped, who has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and when I tell you this is premium, this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Throw in one of the coolest features, which is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quad stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HockeyMinds at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com using the code HockeyMinds. It's time to shave those balls, eh? I'd like to again thank Jesse for coming on the podcast and for sharing his story throughout the open conversation. I learned a lot from this episode, and I'm sure listeners will leave their phones feeling the same way. If you would like to get in touch with Jesse to learn more about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly, or you can contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com, and I could help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Frank Longo, goaltending development coach with Stansted College. Frank is another up-and-coming hockey mind, and he will add another goaltending-specific conversation to the Hockey Minds lineup while he also speaks at the Hockey Minds conference. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening in today and for engaging with us daily on our social media platforms. 
Over the past few days, I'm sure you've seen us announcing a flurry of new guests, and we are excited to say that there are more coming very shortly. As always, stay safe, and all the best.